Welcome to the Financial Flight Plan with Tim Estes and Bree Reyes. When it comes to your financial future, we believe the sky is the limit. We'll give you the proper tools to keep your engine <clears throat> portfolio running smoothly. Let us pilot the answers to some of your toughest financial issues. The Financial Flight Plan starts now. Hello and welcome into the Financial Flight Plan Podcast. I'm Ed George. That's Bree Reyes. She is an investor coach and certified financial planner at Estes Financial Services. We've got a great show for you today. Uh, the Great Resignation. Have you heard that term? It's out there. It um, seems to be becoming a little bit more prominent uh, every single month as more and more people are, are leaving work early or changing career paths and, just, and deciding to retire earlier than expected. So it's a great thing, I think, Bree, but it's one in which you got to have to do some extra planning for, right? Yes, very much so. The great resignation is upon us. I'm already seeing it in certain industries. And what I'm really appreciating is the people that walk in two days after they've retired <laughs> and have done no pre-planning or, hey, I'm retiring next week. What do we need to do? So we're going to talk about it because let's not do that anymore. Yeah. My anxiety is way too high to deal with that. Yeah. Hey, you have one of those plans for me. I can just come in here and after I retire and, and get set up right now. That's not how it works. So we're going to talk you through it today no. and uh, and make sure if you are considering uh, this movement and joining this movement that you do have all your T's crossed and your I's dotted. That'll be the plan for the show. But Brie, I know this end of 2021 for you was a little bit shaky with, with COVID, right? And your health. How you doing? Oh, we're doing. Thank you for asking. We were doing so, so much better. In fact, we took a took a break from podcasting in December because I came down with Omicron Ugh. at my mother-in-law's birthday dinner. Well, actually not at birthday dinner. I felt fine during the birthday dinner, had a couple of glasses of wine, got home and was like, I've got a little headache. Well, that's two more glasses of wine than I usually have because mm. um, I've been trying to be healthy during yeah. 2021. Right. And, uh, and the next morning, I, that night, I told Joaquin, you know, I think I'm going to get a migraine. Why don't you go sleep in Nate's room? And he said, sure, fine, not a problem. And so he went and slept in there. And the next morning, I woke up with like 105 fever. Oh, geez. Wow. I was feeling it um, a little bit delusional at one point in time. But my pulse ox, so my uh, the amount of oxygen in my blood, my mother for December 2020 Christmas had gifted my family a pulse oximeter, oh, okay. which, you know, because COVID was really high then. Um, so I was, I was checking my pulse ox and my pulse ox never got below where I would need to go to the hospital. So we, we called our doctor and he recommended a lot of zinc, a lot of vitamin B and a lot of vitamin D and to try to stay away from Joaquin and Nate. Cause at that point in time, they had no fever. were showing no symptoms. And go get a COVID test. And I did. And we got the results back and I had it. And then two days later, Joaquin had a bad headache and Nate's fever spiked. Oh, geez. And so sure enough, all three of us got to spend. Um, we didn't see family basically from December 18th on. Oh, we man. were we were without family until after the new year. <laughs> Jeez, that's awful. The timing no, on that no. was so bad. What's awful is my father cooked dad. Tim, my partner here at Estes Financial Services, but more importantly, the best dad in the entire world, cooked a really beautiful prime rib. And he and my mom brought some over for us for Christmas dinner and left it on our patio. And my mother-in-law was God lover. She was doing grocery runs for me too. And <laughs> um, all the things, because I hadn't, we'd been planned on being with our folks. So I hadn't done any extra prep or anything like that. And um, 
most beautiful piece of prime rib I have ever seen cooked wonderfully cooked to perfection. Mm. And they brought me horseradish and sour cream and they, cause they know I love to make the sauce and said, you know, just make it to your own liking. And my husband and my child don't care for it. I had lost my sense of taste oh, and smell at that point in time. Oh no. I slathered the thing in about a half inch of horseradish. I didn't even bother to use the sour cream. Oh, no idea. Couldn't taste it at all. I told dad, he's like, how was it? It was like, the texture was beautiful. Dad. He was like, no, how was the taste? And I was like, I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it looked great. The it texture great. was really pretty. Yeah. <laughs> the texture is beautiful. Yeah. It looked really pretty. Mm, no idea. Golly. <laughs> Maybe I'll make it again for you here soon. But ev- everybody's so. better. Everybody is better. I'm still tired of yeah. the exhaustion part of it. They said can take a couple months to go away. And hmm. so by the end of the day, by the time I get Nate down at eight o'clock at night, I'm ready to go to sleep. I'm ready to collapse. Yeah. Yeah. My wife had it. Um, Right at right around the new year, she she picked it up. She had mild symptoms, nothing like you were experiencing with the the fever and such. But thankfully, she she only had it for about four or five days, and it was more or less just staying away from our, our little baby girl. But otherwise, she felt okay. But she did lose her taste and smell for a couple of days. So I'll uh, tell you what: a four year old with a hundred and two degree uh, fever, but the energy of a normal four year old, like he's running huh. circles around the house. Wow! And I'm like great. I'm. I just need to lay down. Like, can, <laughs> can you not just don't burn the house down? The good news is he now knows how to use the toaster by himself. So that was a success. Oh, there you go. He's going to make you toast in the morning now. Breakfast in bed uh, for mom. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that'll take some time. Um, well, I'm glad everybody's doing well. And I think this is something that we're all just, we, we've been dealing with it for a long time. And it seems like we're all going to get it at, at one point or another, it seems like. And, and hopefully that's the key to kind of moving forward and, and living with it. But either way, you know, COVID is one of the reasons why people have decided to step away from work early and retire maybe or just change careers. It's gotten people thinking, rethinking their life and reevaluating things. And it's led to this more, this great resignation, really kind of picking up steam across the country. And that's what we want to talk about today on the show. And this is, I think it's a great topic because a lot of people are thinking this. And like you said, Bree, you don't want to just come into the office after you decide to do this and, and, and start figuring things out. You want to get everything in order before you decide to step away. So there was a, an article on Forbes, which we'll put in the show notes that, talked about this great resignation and explored a lot of the impact of retirement planning across age groups and such. And I want to go through some of the key takeaways we had from this. And I think it's very interesting and, and some things you should be thinking about if you are uh, going to join this movement. But a couple of the key points here from this, Bree. Um, 4.2 million people quit their jobs in October 2021. I mean, I, I don't know what that number is normally, but that seems pretty high to me. Well, it's either... Yeah, I, I think I think with what we've all faced with COVID lately, and knowing that we, nobody's guaranteed, and and it, this should sit in the back of our mind all the time that no one's guaranteed it tomorrow. But I think seeing younger people with no symptoms die, older people, I, it just it kind of forced everyone to t- to reprioritize right now, and. There were a lot of people that apparently their job was not a priority. <laughs> right. <laughs> As that is the case, indeed. I mean, have you seen this from clients um, that you've been talking to at all that are, are discussing this thing, retiring early or changing careers altogether? I'm seeing it not only because of the great resignation, but also, you know, COVID, um, the rethinking things. But I'm also seeing it with the vaccination mandate. 
Mm-hmm. Now, um, recently, the Supreme Court has put a halt on that. But because we work with a lot of federal employees, we work with a lot of employees from companies that are federal contractors. Um, the vaccination mandate really caused a wave of the great resignation or still kind of causing a wave of the great resignation. And so I, I've seen more and more of that. Okay, that makes sense. So let's talk through some of these takeaways and how it affects planning from this article. The first one is uh, that taking a break from Social Security could cut into your long-term benefits. Uh, could you explain this for me, Bree? Well, as you're thinking about maybe moving, some people are just retiring, retiring. Some people are taking a time, taking a break for a minute and then moving into a new job, which there's a lot of uncertainty in that right now. And while you're doing that, you're usually not thinking, you know, not thinking about Social Security. I don't wake up in the morning and think Social Security. Right. But unemployment, if you're going to be unemployed for like six months or a year or three months, you're not paying into Social Security during that time while you're unemployed. Your eventual Social Security benefit when you do go to claim it later on is determined by your earnings history and how old you are when you apply. So by not working, you're not participating. And it could impact your, because you need at least a 10-year minimum work history. And it could also lower the average of your 35-year earnings, highest earning years. I wouldn't take a job just because I'm stressed out that, oh my goodness, I haven't paid into Social Security for a month or two. Like that's maybe not the biggest reason to take a job, Mm -hmm. but it is a factor. It is a concern. I mean, if you're looking at six months, two years type situation, you've got to know that this is going to impact your long-term social security. And I guess too, you know, these are, I guess for many people, some of their highest earning years too, right? So you may be missing out on really kind of adding to that number and building on that number and what's a pivotal time for you. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, if you're getting close to retirement or retirement eligibility age, that's usually exactly when your highest earning years are happening, and that's when you should be contributing the most to your 401k TSP, getting ready, you know, doing all the things to get ready. And by moving a retirement date, maybe two years earlier, it, it has a dramatic effect on everything else. All right. So Social Security, not something you want to make your decision solely on, but something to be considering how stepping away from work for a little bit might impact those long-term benefits that you will be relying on and most people will be relying on in retirement. Uh, Takeaway number two, you know, a lot of people have been pulling money out of their retirement accounts during this time period. Uh, One of the the stats in here was pretty shocking. 30% of people who have at least 50,000 in their retirement accounts took out a 401k loan in 2020. And the takeaway here is that that 401k is not a rainy day fund. No, it is not a savings account. It's tempting to tap your retirement funds every once in a while. Trust me. And and they made it a little bit easier in 2020. So I understand why that maybe so many people did that. But and and I know I, having read the Forbes article, I know that the the majority of retirement account withdrawals w- were to cover living expenses. But by doing that, we're missing compounding gains. Um, you may have to you may have to work longer to make up that time, uh, especially in the last couple of years. I mean, the market has been incredibly volatile, but it also positive. So I, my biggest stress for people right now, and I know almost half of Americans don't have an emergency fund, at least large enough to cover three months of expenses. That's really where I think the majority of people need to focus is just get that emergency fund set up. It mm-hmm. needs to cover 
three to six to nine months of essential living expenses. Now, essential living expenses does not mean nails, magazines, Netflix type <laughs> such situation. It means essential living expenses, your food, your heat, your air conditioning in Texas in the summer, all of those things, your mortgage, three to six to nine months of living expenses. I have clients that like to have a whole year in emergency savings, but you really, really need to build that up. And it doesn't have to be all or none. Like I'm maxing my social security or my 401k TSP. So I can't put any money away. You know, there can be a balance to do this, but really what scares me is the fact that we are thinking of a 401k, which is supposed to be for the rest of our lives for our retirement as a savings account now. I mean, and cashing out a balance, say you've left your job and you've got that nice 401k in lump sum, you're going to see 20% withheld for taxes and possibly a 10% penalty. So there's 30% that just goes away. Mm, Yeah. This is not, this, it's not designed for early contributions. It just really isn't. Yeah. So, I mean, if you need it for living expenses, absolutely necessary, then, then yeah, you, you know, it might be an option for you, but definitely work with your advisor to, to see what, what options you have out there before you tap into that 401k in your retirement accounts. Uh, takeaway three from this Forbes article on the great resignation is, is people are leaving work. What do you do with your 401k? And the typical advice is, you know, you don't want to leave your 401k with the old employer. You want to take it with you. Well, I mean, and for a couple of different reasons. Yeah. First of all, sometimes you're subject to higher fees when you're no longer employed there. Um, the, the low fees are sometimes for their employees. And if you are no longer an employee, that does not apply to you. The second of all, American people, people in general, and this is a big generality, but we have a very short term memory. <laughs> it's hard for us to remember. And so if you leave your money at a former employer, you run the risk of forgetting about an old retirement account. And this is how often that happens. And an estimated 1 million, 1 million 401k plans are forgotten each year. Wow. It's just forgotten. That's nuts. Take the time before you send in your letter of resignation to take a look at your 401k or TSP. Try to figure out the next steps. Meet with a certified financial planner to figure out, okay, what do I want to do with this? Um, and you may not want to move it before you retire and you, or you may not be able to move it before you retire, but at least start investigating the next steps because you, you'll want those, uh, the extra match you might get, um, if you can also, you want to take a look and know, is there any invested 401k match that you might forfeit if you leave now, how long will it take you to be eligible to contribute to a retirement account at a new company? Do they have a vesting schedule? See, these are the type of questions people don't ask when they interview for a job. They just kind of assume it's going to be the same as what they used to have. And that's a big, big problem. Yeah, that can be a huge problem. And it takes us to our last one here. And, and you know, the great resignation, it sounds great. And if you're someone that, that dreams of an early retirement, you might say, hey, this is, this is just perfect. This is going to work out pretty well for me. But I think the overall message kind of from reading this and, and from listening to you, Bree, is just beware. There are a lot of issues that are potentially out there and a lot of challenges that could get in the way. I've seen people retire lately that um, can't qualify for social security. So that's, you know, there's money missing there. They've left before they are Medicare eligible age, or they've left before they hit in a case of a government employee, 
retirement eligibility age. So they're going to have to cover their medical expenses until they're 65 and can maybe get a supplement plan to help cover some of it too. And the cost was dramatic because a lot of times your employer, be it the government or, or a private employer, are subsidizing your healthcare costs. So going out there and showing some of these early retirees or great resignation waves, how much their healthcare costs are going to be. I've had people freaking out in my office about this lately because they just didn't really comprehend how much was picked up by their employer. So for the same plan in the private sector or same plan them paying for through the um, marketplace was, was eye-opening. We'll put it that way. And so you end up maybe spending a lot of your wealth early doing this. And so you got to make sure your plan is going to last the rest of your lifetime. You don't want to be 84 and living solely on social security because you spent too much money early. And so it's, it's a very delicate balance in figuring out money, including debt, healthcare costs, regular expenses, inflation, which is rising, taxes, which we always talk about, and all of these things and making sure you outlive your money, not your money outliving you. So important. So, so important. There's so many things to be thinking about if you decide you want to be a part of the great resignation. And, and hopefully this gave you some things to consider. But again, sit down with an advisor, sit down with someone that can actually talk you through some of these things and see what position you're in. Maybe you're in a better position than you actually believe and you can actually step away early. But there are some, some financial factors that need to be weighed before doing that. And again, SS Financial can help you there. SSFinancial.net is the website. And you can always call Bree directly to talk about these things. Eight one seven four 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 eighty four zero two. And again, the other key piece of this, Bree, is your retirement rescue toolkit. This is something that you, you offer um, prospects and people listen to the show and people that are just thinking about things, but what all do they get in the toolkit? Yes. Right now we're kind of revamping the toolkit, but we've got the financial flight plan book, seven lessons to save your retirement. And if you're a federal employee that is listening, we actually have a financial flight plan federal employee book. Um, because your retirement's a little bit different. You guys still have a pension and still have some wonderful and amazing benefits that, that work for you. And the thing that I like most about the book is that it's not, well, it's written for, for people, not someone who has a master's degree in finance and loves the sets to get as nerdy about some of the stuff as I, I do. It's really written in English for everyone to kind of understand and figure out. And it talks a lot about taxes and the impact they have on your nest egg. So it's, it's, it's really wonderful. It's one of my favorite things that we have. And so right now that we also have a couple of reports in there. These five risks could destroy your retirement and our tax special report. We're updating that too, as the new number, you know, as because now we're in a new year. So the numbers are a little bit different this year. So this is all part of that tax time bomb toolkit that we offer to listeners of the show. And so the best way to grab, to get a copy of it, because we send it to you complimentary, is to reach out to our office, 817-444-8402, or email us at info, I-N-F-O, at Estes Financial, E-S-T-E-S-F-I-N-A-N-C-I-A-L.net. Beautiful. Uh, take advantage of that too. It's, it's such a great resource and one that uh, they put a lot of time and, and care into and one that will help you out. So again, reach out if you'd like to uh, to get that. All right. Time now for getting to know Bree away from 
finance and the office and planning. Bray, this week's question for you. What is your favorite beverage? Ooh, um, I love water. I know that's such a basic B answer, but I really, really do. I grew up in a family of tea drinkers, Sunday drinkers, and all I drink is water. It drives them nuts. Then I married into a family of tea drinkers, and all I drink is water, and it drives them nuts. Um, Caffeinated beverage or carbonated beverage is Dr. Pepper Classic uh, with the cane sugar, the good stuff. Uh, And then alcoholic beverage. We drink something in Texas that used to be a regional Texas thing, but I think it's starting to reach the rest of the nation called a ranch water. Hmm. It's Topo Chico, which is a mineral uh, mineral spring water out of Mexico and uh, tequila. And I will take a ranch water pretty much every day of the week. Um, sometimes add a little grapefruit juice and call it a Paloma or an old fashioned. Oh, I do love a good old fashioned. Cannot go wrong with that. All right. Well, you covered the bases. I was only looking for one, but you 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 hit every different category, so I can respect that. Oh, and coffee. I like my coffee, like my soul, dark and black. <laughs> like your soul. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's great. Uh, the water, though, great answer. Year of health, Bree. It's the year of health, so water's always. Hey, I'm fun. trying. I'm trying. We got to tell you a question here from uh, Cliff to close out the show. He's in Fort Worth. And uh, we appreciate anyone that sends in a question to us. You can do that through the website, estesfinancial.net. But he says, I have a lot of company stock in my 401k. How much do you think is too much as a percentage of the account? Ooh, Cliff, really good question. I like the way you phrase this. I don't like anyone to invest any more than 20% into any specific investment. Uh, so, for example, a company stock position, no more than 20%. And the reason that's my rule of thumb is just watching Enron happen. Um, you are not a better employee for having more of your own company stock in your account. And God forbid, if something happens to your company, the way Enron happened to our neighbors down in Houston, Houston, not only will it decimate your 401k, you also will be out of a job. So I try to, most of our clients who are, who have company stock in their 401k, I try to completely divest. I encourage them to completely divest themselves of their company 401k, uh, company stock within their 401k, and just be a really good employee while you're at work. And I know that's super hard. It's hard for my husband. He has, he gets company stock and he always wants to kind of hold it and God love Joaquin. But I, I remind him that if his company went downhill, we also don't need it to take down our 401, his 401k. It's a great question. I think one of the th- people, a lot of people are thinking about uh, when they are investing into their company and have that opportunity as part of their 401k to, or, or whatever retirement account they have set up to put money into that. But definitely I uh, want to be considering how invested you are into your own company. But thanks for that question, Cliff. And we always appreciate you sending it in and anyone that sends it in via ssfinancial.net. We will try to do our best to answer it on a future episode of the Financial Flight Plan Podcast. But that is a wrap for this episode. We hope you uh, enjoy the conversation on the great resignation. A lot to think about if you are considering leaving work uh, early and retiring or just stepping away altogether for a little bit and taking a break during the pandemic. Whatever that is, you want to make sure you're factoring everything into it. But Bree, we appreciate your time, and I'm glad that everybody's feeling better. And hopefully, here's to a a much healthier 2022 and a very smooth year for us both. You too. You too. And everyone listening, go out and lead an abundant life.